Hey everybody, welcome back to the Netflix Club Podcast. I'm Noah. And I'm Tom. And today we're going to be talking about the movie Dope, but first we're going to go into some Netflix news. Okay, so in terms of what's coming to Netflix this week on February 14th, Valentine's Day, some notable releases are... Uh, Girlfriend's Day, Catherine Ryan, In Trouble, King Cobra, White Knights. I've heard of none of those. Me neither. Uh, February 15th, we got Aram Aram. Gonna, that's probably not how you pronounce that. That's uh, okay. Before I Go to Sleep and Fire Song, February 16th, we got Milk, which won some Oscars, I believe. Oh, yeah. I, I wanted to see that. I've never seen that before. Supposed to be uh, really good. Hopefully, maybe, maybe we'll do an episode about it. Um, then we got also we got Sundown. February seventeenth we have Kill Ratio. February nineteenth we have Growing Up Wild and Teeny El Gran Cambio de Violeta. I don't speak Spanish, so please don't judge me too harshly. I think that's probably a foreign film. That uh, sounds like it. Uh, and then is that's all movies in terms of TV. On February seventeenth we have DreamWorks Dragons Race to the Edge season four. Is that like uh, How to Train Your Dragon or something? I think it is. Okay, I didn't know that was a show. They got like a bunch of like mini series like surrounding it, I think. Huh. Okay. We also have uh, Seven Deadly Sins season two. I think that's like an an anime. Um, supposed is not. Alex, oh, is it? Okay, Alex thought it wasn't, but it actually is. <laughs> it looks kind of interesting. Um, I'll probably well maybe we'll check it out. We want to start hitting some of those animated series that Netflix has going on. Maybe we could have like really a strong. We could have like an episode where it's like all anime. That would be a talk good about idea. our top favorite animes. Okay. On, on Netflix. Coming to you uh 2019. What? <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, it's okay. Someday we'll do it. February 19th, we have Girl Meets World Season 3 and When Calls the Heart Season 3. And I've heard of neither of those. Uh, Girl Meets World well, is like that one. the spinoff to Boy Meets World. Did you hear that's actually being canceled? Yep. Uh, apparently, there's like a lot of fans of the show that want it to be picked up by Netflix when that happens. I'd be curious to see if that would happen. It wouldn't. Okay. I don't want it to happen, but it wouldn't surprise me. Netflix has a really, has a, they're, they like to play on nostalgia a lot. That's why they brought back like Fuller House and why they're like doing like Stranger Things, which isn't really nostalgia. But it but like, kind of is. it's filled with like a lot of like 80s yeah. stuff. And they're also bringing back a, B- a Bill Nye to a science show um, that's coming out pretty soon. Uh, also, Bill Nye Saves the World? Yep. So hyped for that. And then they're also rebooting uh, Magic School Bus. Yeah, I heard about that, and uh, Kate McKinnon yeah. from SNL is going to be voicing Miss Frizzle. I think that'll be awesome. Uh, but, like, yeah, yeah, it just kind of shows that Netflix likes to take that stuff, and then and people eat it up, so not not surprising. It wouldn't be surprising if they picked up Girl Me's World. Um, and that's pretty much it for what's coming to Netflix. We also got some other news, though, and that Netflix is finally uh, going to bring merch for their stuff, like official merchandise. Um like, in terms of, like, their TV shows or whatever? Yeah. Or are they going to just hand out, like, T-shirts with, like, Netflix on it? No, in terms of their shows. Okay. Uh, they did an experiment with uh, Hot Topic where they started putting, like, Stranger Things stuff into Hot Topic. And it went, like, really well. Um, so they're probably going to start um, expanding, doing hitting other popular shows or movies or whatever. Because, you know, Stranger Things is not – while it's, like, it's really popular right now, I think that there's a lot of other shows on Netflix that people really, really love. So I think they'll probably try to expand – given probably how successful this merchandise is going to be. For sure. Um, people are comparing it to, like, HBO making, like, Game of Thrones merchandise it's because, like, that's their star show. It's, or, like, pretty much the same thing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's going to happen, and peop- I'm excited. Um, I think that's – I mean, there's already merch out there, but it's, like, you know, non-official. It would be really cool to have some, like, official 
uh, merch. That gets me excited for uh, what what's more to come in terms of Netflix outside of just like like the actual content. Yeah. yeah. Um. And also, there's been some controversy with Netflix in the past week, and that they released a 30 second trailer for a new uh, show called Dear White People. Yeah, that's been a big thing. Well, ish on like social media, it's been people, like some uh, uh, backlash or people yes. trying to protest yeah. Netflix. People are saying it's racist against like white people, um, and that uh, it it some people were even going. I re- I watched a video. People were going so far as to say that it was promoting white genocide, which is a bit ridiculous. What Have, I mean, do they even know what it's about? And so people, I I I have not seen. So this is actually based on on or a continuance of a movie that happened like two years ago. Okay. Two or three years ago now at this point, um, which is actually more about, um, I saw someone say it's more about like the infighting within like the black community. It's not about like white people, you're wrong or whatever. Um, And people, I think that one of the problems with it is the name, which is like problematic, but I wouldn't say that's the whole problem with it. And then also that there was a MTV video a few weeks ago or a few months ago maybe that was like called Dear White People and it was like kind of racist against white people. Like it was very condescending and like very like you're white and you should feel bad. Yeah. Like I don't want to get into politics but like that's what it was and a lot of people really didn't like it. And they're trying to associate like this with that or something? Yeah. And And they're kind of trying to say that yeah, it's like this is going to be something like super racist and awful. But then you actually look at it and uh, it's actually supposed to be like a message about like the black community, racism and stuff like that. And not necessarily like sit down. Let me tell you what you should be thinking, white people like or it's, whatever. It's just like providing to like a complex and important conversation yeah. than, than, anyth- than anything. Gosh, I couldn't talk for a second there. But another one of the problems is that one of the guys that's claiming to be a writer for the show um, after... Uh, Donald Trump was elected. He made some like, he's white guy, but he made some like anti-white tweets um, because like whites were a really large constituency that voted for Donald Trump. Um, and what do you he, what do you mean by that? Like, what do you what do you mean? like what what did he say? Like, he said like f white people was one of the tweets just plainly, and he also put like a graphic, and it was like I don't remember the exact tweet, but it was basically like white people are the worst and blah blah blah. And so people are like, well, this guy hates white people. Now he's claiming to be a writer for the show, Dear White People. Great. This is going to be some racist piece of content or whatever. But then the actual, he's not actually credited as writer according to IMDb, though. The guy that is credited with the writer is the guy that wrote the movie, which is, as we discussed, not at all what everyone is assuming it is. People are kind of jumping out of the gun before knowing it. I think people, I think a lot of people that are upset about it have never seen the movie. I've never seen the movie. So I didn't even know it was a thing. But I think that's where a lot of the problem is that people are just going, look at the name, uh, look at this guy that um, is claiming to have written it, um, actually has no proof that he's written it, and then people are just jumping the gun with that. So yeah, they've been, there's been some controversy. But I'm gonna I'm interested to see it. I think it's, if anything, people are saying they're going to boycott I think, if anything, now this is just like making it more popular, at least in terms of people going, well, look at this show that's got all this outrage. Yeah. Now I have to watch and see I, what it's about. And I then think, that, hopefully that's good because then they'll be like, wow, I was wrong. Or wow, that's actually nothing like, yeah, nothing like people were saying it was is actually really good. Yeah, I agree. I think like if anything, it's going to just draw more attention to it and add more viewers to the to the film rather than like if nobody had talked about it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So that's pretty much it for what's going on in Netflix this week. So let's jump into Dope. 
So this movie is about these three geeks, um, played by, uh, Sh- I'm on a butcher's name, Shamik Moore, uh, Tony Revolori, and Kiersey Clemens. No, I think you, I think you got their names. They're, you did a good okay. job. Um, I'm proud of you. Thank you. I really tried. <laughs> I don't want to offend anybody. Um, but it's about these geeks, and they're like have these super high aspirate. They're like from they keep calling it like the bottom, but they're like from the I don't want to touch anything offensive. But they're like from the ghetto, like it's a really rough part of town. Like it's it's a it's like a rough neighborhood. Yeah, and um, so they but they have these really high aspirations. They're really smart, and they talk about how that gets them in trouble a lot because they don't behave like typical people at their school do. Like they're like trying they're, to get good grades. They're yeah. trying to be uh, like friendly and nice and it gets them into trouble with bullies and stuff like that but they have high aspirations in terms of like the main character Malcolm wants to go to Harvard um, which is like it's when you look at like he's from like the bottom and he's trying to go to Harvard it's like it is like a really high aspiration but he's actually very smart but long story short he gets like caught up in this drug deal where uh, he gets these drugs on him and then he's like let me try to get rid of them. I don't want to spoil too much of the movie. He's like, I got to get rid of them. And he ends up, the way he has to get rid of them is to sell them. But he doesn't want any of it traced back to him because he's trying to get into Harvard. And so it's kind of surrounding that. It's just like wrong place, wrong time. And then he's just stuck um, with no place to go. And there's lots, it's like, it's very fast paced movie. Um, and the story is like really, it's like pretty solid and uh, interesting. Yeah, so for sure. Yeah. Especially considering the way they're looking at it. They're like, look at these like geeks and they got that and then they're like look at all this dark stuff they're getting into i don't know it's a, it's a good story yeah it's like very well balanced with like all the different like uh references and stuff mm-hmm. on top of like the humor and like the seriousness of what's going on because like it is a super funny movie mm-hmm. it's like really witty and mm-hmm. it's it's fantastic but also there's like really like you know serious parts to it yeah i was going to say um tonally it's really interesting and really well balanced because at one moment they you can be like laughing at like this quip that one of them just did and you're like wow that's actually yeah really smart and it's a smart joke and then next time you're like wow this movie got really dark there's people getting shot left and right and it's like a really hard cut, but it doesn't. It's not like too hard. Where you're like, "Wow, this is that was unexpected." It's like, okay, this is just the reality of the place that they live in. And he really, uh, this Rick, I'm gonna call him Rick Fam because easy. Um, he uh, really crafted a movie that like really hits well on everything um, without like being too all over the place. Yeah, like it, like it's, it's the, the the stuff that they talk about is really like spread around like very equally and like. You know, nothing is overshadowing mm-hmm. each other. There's a, uh, there's a lot of because these characters are like are geeks. There's a lot of like nerdy stuff they talk about. Mm-hmm. They're like super into like '90s and like '80s hip hop, mm-hmm. and that's that's like their huge thing. They dress like they're from the '90s, and so like they, uh, you know, as you're talking about like how like they're really smart and stuff, uh, like all this other geeky stuff just kind of adds on to them being like bullied and people like uh, making fun of them for like the way they dress and like way they like talk or mm-hmm. you know the stuff they talk about yeah honestly you said they dress like they're from the 90s and they said what they said they're like 90s hip-hop geeks when the movie started he's like listening to a uh a walkman but like the the tape walkman yeah excuse me and he's got like headphones in and i'm like is this not a current like does it not set in current day yeah is it like a period movie or whatever yeah and then like it goes on and then like they're, they are present day. He, that's just his style. And oh, they have like iPhones and stuff. So it's yeah. like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like one of the guys is walking around with an iPad and they, they got like, find my iPhone. You're like, that's, it's really interesting to see like this really unique 
aesthetic that like the co- like the costumes like you said are like super awesome and it like really fits well like I guess if it wasn't if they didn't have like blatantly like iPhones and stuff you <clears throat> you would have been like wow this is set in the 90s or whatever yeah for sure um so that's really cool like the whole aesthetic of it like I said is that like you got the another balance there you're like look at this people dressing like this and I think that also is another way to like show them as outcasts like how they're different than everybody else like yeah you said. definitely uh in terms of tone, I've heard like a lot of people try to say it's like a mix up of like a like a John Hughes movie with like possibly like uh, like a Quentin Tarantino type of thing where it's like very serious, but also there are like a, a lot of like funny moments mm-hmm. to it. So like tonally, like it's kind of like a mishmash of those uh, two types of films. I could see that then, yeah, because like there there are like a lot of like you know very John Hughes like like moments and like stuff going on because mm-hmm. like you got the. Like the the quirky group of like you know teenage friends are all like really smart mm-hmm. and stuff, and then you got like the whole romance subplot. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So like there there are those elements, and, but and you have the adventure. Yeah, and the adventure. Yeah, that's like a huge thing. So. And then I also we want to say is that it's this movie does serve well as just like cut and dry story. Like he's in a he's in a tricky situation. He's got to get out of it. This is how he's changed by his environment. But also it's like. There's like there seems to be some kind of message about like, well there there definitely is a message like, yeah. for sure and it's like a really like, uh, like hopeful one and like yeah. re- like a really like kind of like uplifting message but also like a very serious message like, like, like it's, about like yeah our world and it's like really cool. As you say, I think it's kind of I feel like it's partially highlighting like the place that a lot of these kind of kids live in where they're like they have these super high aspirations like Malcolm, like they want to go to a really good school or even just a college in general. But then they go to a school that's in an area that's super rough. Like you get mugged or beat up every day. There's like, you know, people getting shot in all around you all the time. Like it's terrible. And then the teachers don't really care. And, and it, but they still have these aspirations. It's kind of highlighting that like, like if you put your mind to it, like you can, you know, do what you want to do. Yeah, and absolutely. it's it's really cool the way they go about doing that. And uh, we have a clip. Do, do you want do you want to play the clip now? Then yeah, we'll play it's the clip. from the end of the movie. Um, and uh, it's here. Give me one second to pull it up. All but right. it's uh, it's from the end of the movie, and it's like this essay that he writes in his Harvard application, um, and it really highlights. It's like. I feel like there's it's like it got some racial messages in there as well. But it's really it's really well done and it's really powerful. So like I guess uh, if you don't want to be spoiled and you haven't watched the movie yet, for sure, kind of tune out and then come back to it uh, once you've seen the movie. It's really good. Uh, so we're gonna play the clip from like his monologue from his essay. I got a five second ad. Oh, all right. Well, hold on. Give me one well, second. Well, what's the ad? I don't know. I think it was T-Mobile. Don't get T-Mobile. What the heck? It just closed. What? This is going great, guys. <laughs> yeah, okay, it's like okay, a, okay, I got okay it. you good? All right, cool beans. Okay, so this is this is the uh, the video or the audio. Let me tell you about two students. Student A is a straight A student who lives in the suburbs of Los Angeles. He plays in a punk band with his best friends. He loves his skateboard and riding his BMX bike. His favorite TV show is Game of Thrones, and his favorite band is The Thermals. He's a 90s hip-hop geek. Student B goes to an underfunded school, where teachers who would rather not be there teach kids who really don't care. He lives with a single mother, doesn't know his father, and is so dope. 
Close your eyes. Picture each of these kids and tell me what you see. Be honest. No one's going to judge you. Now open your eyes. So my student A or student B? My geek or menace? For most of my life, I've been caught in between who I really am and how I'm perceived. In between categories and definition. I don't fit in. And I used to think that that was a curse, but now I'm slowly starting to see. Maybe it's a blessing. See, when you don't fit in, you're forced to see the world from many different angles and points of view. You gain knowledge, life lessons from disparate people and places. And those lessons, for better or worse, have shaped me. So who am I? Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Malcolm Adekambi. I'm a straight-A student with nearly perfect SAT scores. I taught myself how to play guitar and read music. I have stellar recommendations and diverse extracurricular activities. I'm a Google Science Fair participant, and in three weeks, I helped make over $100,000 for an online business. So why do I want to attend Harvard? If I was white, would you even have to ask me that question? And that's the monologue. Yeah. So like I was saying, I think it, de- it definitely has the message in there of kind of of, of, ra- of some slight racism is that these people in the, it's like a very much a black community um, and they're like judged already by people. They're like they're never it's kind of like they go to a bad school in a bad neighborhood. They're never going to amount to anything. And then here's him trying to like achieve. And then he's talking about how why why is everybody judging me if I was. If I, yeah, if I was a white person, would anybody even question my aspirations being so high or, or my um, interest being so uh, diverse? And it's kind of, it's, I mean, I'll let you draw that conclusion for yourself, but I think it's, it's simple. There's some really powerful messages in there if, if you really want to, like, pay attention to that. Otherwise, it serves as a really good just, like, adventure, romance, comedy. It's got all that in there, too. I'm really glad that they, like, ended the movie on that note because there are you know there's that you know theme like is like sprinkled throughout the movie but it's mainly like you know comedic stuff like Mm -hmm. serious stuff but like you know like it's more like uh you know the stuff with the drugs but it's nothing like like this but that that stuff sprinkled around but it's cool that they end it on that note that you know that like they they drop that bomb and it's like really like impactful and interesting it's something that you could walk out of like the theater mm-hmm. or like you know and like just think about your, yeah and think about and talk about the people with the people that like you you've just watched it with like it's it's like really like interesting and like it's really really good yeah I think that's like a perfect way to end the movie like a perfect period to the end of that like whole movie it's it fits really well so any any other thoughts about um, the story or the messages or uh, the tone just like honestly out of all the movies that like we have like you know talked about on this podcast this is definitely one of the best ones i think like i'd say you know like it's you know art is subjective but like i think it's mm-hmm. like right up there in terms of like all the movies we've talked about it's like right up there with like goodwill hunting for the like one mm-hmm. of the best movies that we've talked about i would say yeah it's kind of a shame that it is a little bit under the radar yeah it's ridiculous because like uh it's a fantastic story and like the 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 production value for this movie was like super good mm-hmm. the cinematography cinematography was awesome and all the actors like did amazing yeah so that's the thing i want to talk about is acting and characters and stuff um is that the main three for like uh the main three the geeks which is malcolm their character name are malcolm jib and diggy amazing chemistry um really funny and like 
heartfelt and they, like you can tell they care about each other they also have a really good time all the time and then those people are played by uh Shamik Moore Tony Revolori and Kirstie Clemens uh, who are for the most part kind of um aside from Tony Revolori um they're kind of under the radar as actors even yeah so like it, Shamik Moore has done uh like the get down and he's mm-hmm. done like other movies but it's nothing like super like mainstream or yeah honestly he's the main character he has the least amount of like mainstream acting under his belt like I wrote down yeah he's he was in the Netflix show The Get Down which is after this yeah um and then he was also in a show called Wat- or a movie called Watson's Go to Birmingham based on the book um and that's and that's pretty much he's got like some other small credits for like episodes of TV and stuff for the most part that's it that he's been in so it's kind of really interesting that he's been in this which is amazing and then like I think it's a great way to launch your career and also really interesting that the casting kind of it's kind of similar to Netflix I would say and that they like took a risk and they're like look at this guy that's relatively unknown let's take a risk main character yeah and then it really paid off and Tony Revolori he's been in a lot of stuff and he's I think he's gonna shoot in a superstardom very soon for sure because he was in Brand- Grand Budapest Hotel the uh, Wes Anderson film that won like some Oscars and was like super critically acclaimed he played the the lobby boy yep and uh, then he's gonna be in Spider-Man coming out this year Spider-Man Homecoming he's yep. playing Flash Thompson and then he uh, was in uh, Take the Ten, which is a Netflix show or yeah, movie. Yeah, with uh, Josh from, like, Drake and Josh. Oh, really? Yeah. Josh Peck? Yep. Interesting. I haven't seen it, but I didn't, because I didn't even know he was in that, but I might have to go check it out now. Um, and he's been in some other stuff, too, but, like, he's definitely the biggest name out of all these people, um, I would, at least out of the main three. Um, and then we have Kirstie Clemens um, playing Diggy, who... Hasn't been in a whole lot. She was in Easy, which is a Netflix show. She was in Neighbors 2. And then, interestingly enough, she's going to be playing Iris West in Justice League and The Flash. Yeah, that's... I'm really excited for that because she's, like, super good. Mm-hmm. And I think she's going to make a good Iris. Honestly, I think she was one of the best parts of the movie. Her and Tony Revlori, like, like their comedic banter is, like, a really good... Yeah. Like, their comedic timing is, like, on point. They did such a good job mm-hmm. with it. They're really... It's really... I mean, like, it's a funny movie as a whole, but, like, they serve as, like, really good comic relief to the moments that are more serious, I think. For sure. Um, so, it's really interesting how these actors, like, kind of... I, I want to say kind of got their start with Dope or, like, around that time, and now they're, like... Except for Shamik Moore, but I wouldn't be surprised think, if he doesn't blow up very soon. Oh, yeah. Like, he's going to have... I I have a gut feeling that, like, uh, like other actors where they have, like, smaller films and they get one big role and they're, like, everywhere. Mm-hmm. I think that's what's going to happen with this guy because he is so good. He was in this and he was in The Get Down and he is a really good actor. I think he's going to be, like, a household name eventually. I hope so, yeah. And it, it, I'm really excited to see where their careers go. Me and too. Then, uh, aside from those three... There's a lot of other, like, pretty famous actors in the film. Two of the uh, characters that play more main roles are uh, Blake Anderson is his uh, actual name, and he's the guy from, like, Workaholics, and he's been in, like, a whole bunch of other stuff. And he is, like, this really funny guy, um, and it's really interesting that they view him. He, or he also serves as a good comic relief, I'd say, too. Yeah. Um, and so that he's a really good actor. He's really funny. And then we have Zoe Kravitz, who's also really huge, playing a, like, more... I'd say minor character or side character. Yeah. And so it's kind of interesting. They got like these three that are kind of like unknowns. And then like some of the bigger actors they save for like side roles and stuff, which I think is like really just good to bolster the main three even because they're like, look at, we could have like maybe done something with these two or so in main roles, but we're going to save them for the side characters really fit better and we'll leave these three and just take a chance. So I think that really shows something about their acting ability. Definitely. Absolutely. 
uh, yeah, and so yeah, these char- these actors and characters, they're like amazing. The actors really nail these characters. I mean, really well. They nail these characters and make it really interesting and really sell the movie. So, do you have any other thoughts about acting or the characters or anything like that? Uh, just like I can't even push it enough. Like how good these uh, these guys did. Like honestly, like they. Uh, you watch the movie and it's like you're watching like teenagers in real life. There's nothing mm-hmm. honestly like inauthentic about them because like it. I think and I think that's like a really hard thing to do with like teenager movies without you know like distorting it like how teenagers actually are or like you know like making it in a way that's like looking down on teenagers mm-hmm. or making fun of them. Absolutely. Like they when you watch this movie they seem like actual kids and it's it's really cool and it's really well done. That has a lot to do with the script. And also, like, the way these, like, these guys, like, tackle the roles, and they did such a good job. Uh, and I, I'm honestly going to be angry if these these people don't, like, blow up mm-hmm. because they're so good. And uh, honestly, like, everything I've seen them in so far. Okay, you want to talk about directing a little bit? With, uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, just yeah. what? Just, I think uh, you, you lead. Uh you saw this movie before me. You were a bu- you were a bigger fan before me. Yeah, that like yeah for sure. Uh, Rick Fam, like he is like his actual name is Rick Famuyiwa or however you Famuyiwa. Said you, yeah, I think the Y is silent, but like it's hard to pronounce. So we're just gonna call him Rick Fam. He's a cool dude. Uh, yeah, like he is really good. Like I, I'm surprised he hasn't gotten more gigs because like this movie was like amazing. Yeah. So looking at like his IMDb credits, he's got uh, the Wood in 1999. So, 18 years ago. He's got Brown Sugar in 2002, Eight Year Gap, and then he's doing Our Family Wedding in 2010, and then he's doing Dope in 2015, and he did a TV movie in 2016, and he's got two upcoming projects. But, like, for the most part, he doesn't have a whole lot of stuff under his belt, which is surprising considering, like, I mean, I haven't seen his other, his other movies, but, like, considering how good Dope is, it's, like, kind of, yeah, it is really surprising he hasn't gotten... Uh, more stuff, but I also kind of wonder maybe that's because he likes to work on his own projects. Um, Our Family Wedding did not get good reviews. Um, Brown Sugar got uh, mediocre reviews, and then The Wood, he wrote that, and that got like okay reviews. But like, so I kind of think he's, I, I'm not really sure if he's writing his next two, but I kind of feel like he's like, he bides his time and he's like, look, this is a good project. I have faith in it, I'm going to work on it. Uh, like, dope. Like, he, that's his pa- I feel like that was more like a passion project. Um, because yeah, he was the writer as well, but yeah, so I'd really like to see him work on stuff in the future. And honestly, I, I like I mentioned, th- the main three actors uh, have all starred in Netflix original series. It'd be really interesting to like, I don't want to say like a sequel, but like see them work together on something else to see if like like another project yeah. with like you know some of the cast members coming yeah. back to work with them. That would be really because like, cool. like I said, the chemistry was amazing, and for sure, it, I think these characters um, kind of play. I've never like Tony Revlord kind of plays a similar character in a lot of his movies like it's kind of funny and he's kind of serious so I feel like they're I don't want to say typecast but like they could all fit together in a similar kind of setting and really make another good movie for sure because you could tell there's like a lot of like like uh, chemistry between like the actors as well as like the the director because uh, like just because everything flows so well Mm -hmm. and I honestly off the top of my head I couldn't think of anything like wrong with the movie because mm-hmm. like it's it's a it's a really solid movie it's great 
And then, uh, no, it's not happening anymore, but Rick Pham was in talks for a while to be directing the Flash movie. But then he ended up dropping out due to, uh, creative differences and, and I stuff. I think that's a shame, because, like, as we've seen, as we see in Dope, like, he really does really well with the humor, and then, like, the action, and the seriousness. And that's kind of what you need from a Flash movie. You need a whole lot of humor, and you need a whole lot of action-adventure. So, I think that's a real shame they dropped out. I think it could have made a really good movie. For but sure. I guess we'll see what happens now. Yeah. Uh, another really positive thing I want to talk about about the movie is the music. So there's actually like five originally produced songs for the movie through the 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 trio's punk band that they have. Yeah, it's like Oreo. a it's like punk mixed with like also like rap inf- mm-hmm. influences and stuff. It's really good. And actually. so yeah, they're actually like fully produced songs. Like you can find them on Spotify. Oreo is A W R E E O H. Um, they're actually, yeah, it's really good. And then on top of that, they have like a really just great soundtrack of like classic hip hop and rap stuff. And I was thinking, I, when I was watching the movie, I was like, I'm gonna have to look up this, this soundtrack because this is really fantastic. And something else I thought was interesting. Another person that made his acting debut in this movie was ASAP Rocky, who's one of my favorite rappers. He plays Dom, who was like a main character towards the uh, beginning of the movie. And I think it's, and they also put his song in uh, one of his songs in the movie. Oh, really? Yeah, that's cool. I don't remember what scene it was, but they did put it. I was listening. I was like, hey, "That's ASAP Rocky." This is a movie very much uh, engaging in rap culture. Uh, it'd be really interesting if they put his song in there, and they did. Um, so yeah, I really, I really like him. I thought he played. It, he did a really good job in acting. I'd like to see him in more stuff, especially if it's like kind of the same. Like, yeah, because that's kind of like how he is as a character, as a person. Um, but yeah, so that was, the music is really fantastic. I highly recommend you check it out, listen to the album. Uh, yeah, so it's got like, it's like, it, like I said, it's got like, um, with their band, it's got like some punk rap stuff and a lot of it's just like rap and hip hop, like classic stuff. It's really, it's really fantastic. So yeah, any final thoughts on the, uh, no, movie? I think, I think you, uh, uh, in Ooh. terms of like music or anything else with the movie, uh, anything else in the movie, I actually just thought of something else was that, um, some, uh, that all the, Hold on a second. Oh, yeah. The most of the original music in the film was produced by Pharrell. Really? Yeah. I did not realize that. That's really cool. Um, yeah. And there's some interesting stuff with music um, in this film. Like I said, so, yeah, it's, 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 it, they, do, they really do well. And one other just like fun fact before we, like, kind of do a wrap up our thoughts and everything is that this movie, um, for when they sell the actual drugs, um, they use Bitcoin because it's untraceable. And this was the first movie to accept Bitcoins for ticket purchases at over 900 theaters in the USA. Really? Which I thought was really interesting and unique. I don't know how many they actually sold using Bitcoins, but that's like, it like connects that, to the movie. Yeah. So it's really, really cool. That's fantastic. So yeah, any, any final thoughts then on Dope? Uh, just kind of like reemphasizing what I said before, like uh, this is like one of the best movies we've talked about on the podcast. Can't, you know, say that enough. It's so good. Uh, like I feel like the more times I watch it, like the the more I get out of it mm-hmm. and like the, the more I enjoy it and Absolutely. appreciate it. Uh, yeah, just can't recommend Dope enough. It's a really, really good movie. Yeah, absolutely. Go check it out. It's on Netflix right now. Uh, Carve out. It's only like an hour and 40 minutes. So, yeah, it's not not too bad. Yeah, so go check it out. And so then we want to say that next week we're going to be starting our first part. It's not going to be all back to back to back, but our first part of our coverage of Netflix original documentaries because Netflix has quite a bit of them. And we're going to cover what is best considered as art. Like uh, Netflix has documentaries, I was just saying, how it covers like a whole – wide spectrum and we can't do like a focus whole show on each one because that would be a lot of shows 
Um, so we're going to try to group them together as best we can. So our first one is art um, as best as it could be fit together as art. So we have Tales by Light, which is about photography. Um, I think it's deep sea photography, but it might be just by photography in general. Um, we have Skyladder, which is about some kind of like powder painting, I believe. I, I haven't looked at these in a while since I made the list. And we have Art of Conflict, which I don't remember what that one's about. But yeah, th those are the three that we're going to cover in our first part of our series uh, next week. So we'll see you then, guys. Uh, also, be sure to follow us on Twitter. Oh, yeah. At CMU Netflix Club. Wait, CMU underscore Netflix Club. The second one. Yeah, and you could like give us movie recommendations. You could be a part of the conversation. What did you think of Dope? Did you like it? Did you not like it? Was it dope? If you didn't like it, why? why? If you didn't like it, get out of here. Yeah, you're not allowed. No, just kidding. Tweet us and let us know why. We'd be really interested to know. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but yeah, follow us on Twitter. And that's pretty much it for this episode. See you next time. See you next time. Emerging from the great dumpster fire that was 2016, Ben Solis and Noah Bayshore find themselves ready to take on anything 2017 has to throw at them. Whether it be taxes, George Clooney's nipple suit, or Shia LaBeouf memes, these gentlemen are ready for a super fight. Will Ben ever recover from Birdemic? Will Noah ever grow a real beard? Tune in to the next season of Raving Geeks for all your nerd news and musings from CM Life's premier geek culture podcast. Geek culture. Hey guys, if you're liking this podcast and others, always check us out on iTunes or SoundCloud where you can download and listen to us and stream us live. You can also check us out at cm-life.com. Be sure to check out our Facebook and our Twitter for more information on podcasts and other entertainment on campus. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Netflix Club podcast. I'm Noah. And and, uh, <laughs> are you going to intro me? Uh no no you you intro, intro you okay uh, okay you're gonna start again because <laughs> I was I'm sorry. <laughs>